0: Essentially the same unappreciative crowd full of scumbags from last night.
1: It's taking over me and I can hardly breathe. I need a problem solver, someone to cure my sorrow. It's taking over me and I can't feel the This hate is so contagious, sometimes I cannot take it.
2: And we're back with part two of episode number 59, as we just heard. If you uh, got part one, it was all about smash and the Northern tournament. Lot to talk about big things coming up in smash wrestling. So if you haven't heard that part, go back and hear part one. This is part two, where we're going to uh, quickly uh, delve into super showdown that's happening uh, later on at Friday afternoon, 2 p.m. our time. We also look uh, quickly at what's going on with the upcoming events for AEW, and
0: uh... Are you looking to get into the wrestling business? Well, look no further than the Tyson Dukes Factory, located right here in London, Ontario. Tyson has over 20 years of experience in the wrestling world, and he's even been brought down to the WWE performance center to be a guest trainer we've already seen the likes of jordan james kyle boone violet lee jim strider pharaoh bowman chris mitchells and many more plus the new generation that are coming from the second group such as josh pine shiloh nova frankie war and many more You don't want to miss your opportunity to learn from one of the best in Ontario, if not all of Canada, or the world, in Tyson Dukes. So that's the Tyson Dukes Wrestle Factory. It's open Monday, Wednesday, and Thursdays. And located at 309 Exeter Road, here in London.
1: You hear the rumble in here. The rumble is the sound of progression. And fundamentals are being made at the Wrestling Factory. This is Tyson Dukes. And you're listening to the Scumbags of Wrestling podcast. Y'all.
2: We'll start right now with Chris, who's joining me still from the Sharpshooter podcast. He's a huge New Japan wrestling uh, fan. I don't catch it as much as he does, but... It is huge wrestling news. The best is Super Juniors. There was a, a great big match uh, involving uh, the United States Championship with Juice Robinson defending against John Moxley. So, Chris, can you uh, run down everything that happened at Super Juniors?
3: Yeah. So, um, fan of New Japan Pro Wrestling. A huge understatement. Um, uh, it's just—it's one of those things. It's like becoming a wrestling fan at the age of three, like my dad had said. New Japan is the same way. As soon as I caught on to New Japan, I was like, okay, sold. Um, anyways, Best of the Super Juniors 26 took place, uh, 15 nights of it. Uh, last night was the uh, Wednesday, June 5th show taking place at Sumo Hall in Tokyo. I'm uh, just going to run down the results quickly and then give my thoughts on it and then see uh, see if uh, Sean wants to give his thoughts as well. Um, he already mentioned with you guys to John Moxley, but I'll, I'll go through it a little bit more here. Uh, so match number one is Shota uh, Umuno, Titan, and Dragon Lee uh, taking on uh, uh, Ren Narita, Jonathan Gresham from ROH, and Um uh, So we got uh, Dragon Lee take uh, sorry, pinning Narita after a running knee. Match number two is Bullet Club, which consists of Robbie Eagles, El Fantasmo, who is Canadian, and Taiji Ishimori. Uh, the Bone, so- uh, Bone Soldier defeating Show Yo. And uh, I'm going to get this name right eventually. Rizuki uh, Taguchi when Phantasmo pins show after a CR2. You know what? I'm going to slow down as far as announcing these names. Maybe I'll actually get them this time. Uh, You got time. Yeah, match number three Tiger Mask. Uh, Sean, you'll know this name. Jushin uh, Thunder Liger, Yoshihashi uh, Toru Yano. Uh, If you've never seen New Japan Pro Wrestling, Google the name Toru Yano. So T-O-R-U-Y-A-N-O. He is a comedic genius. He doesn't look like much as a wrestler, but when you watch what he does in the ring, he's absolutely phenomenal and he'll make you a fan. Uh, so he also teamed with Tomohiro Ishii, uh, and they defeated Suzuki Gun, which was Duki, uh, no and again, I'll get these names right, Yoshinobu Kanemura, uh, Zack Sabre Jr., who people know from the Cruiserweight Classic, uh, Minoru Suzuki, Japanese wrestling legend, and Taichi, and uh, basically uh, Yoshihashi pinned uh, Doku with a Karma uh, wrestling move terminology for one of the moves over there. Uh, Match number four was LIJ, so Los Indianablos do Japan. Eventually I'll get that name right too. Uh, So anyways, it was Bushi, Sonata, uh, King of Darkness, Evil, and Tatsuya Nairo. Um, Taking on Toe Hanare, Tamahoko. Tom Mo you guys can make fun of me later on for this, but I will get this right. Uh, Hanma, Togi Makabe, and uh, Kode Abushi. Uh, Bushi, Abushi, another one of those guys you know from the uh, Cruiserweight Classic, Evil Pin to Hanare after Magic Killer. Same type of move that the um, uh, Gallows and Anderson performed there. Uh, match 5 was Rocky Romero uh, and Okada defeating Brody King and Marty Skrull. Uh, the enterprises so six man tag team champions for ring of honor uh, two-thirds of them anyways when okada pinned uh, king after rainmaker rainmaker is basically if you've never seen the moves very simple move but uh, okada performs this move to perfection and it makes that move believable as one of the solid hardcore moves like the rock bottom and the stone cold center um, but japan style uh, six was uh, hiroshi tanahashi the comeback special um, and he ends up losing this one, so Jay White defeated uh, Tanahashi with a necklock. Uh, Tanahashi's up there in age, but uh, if you were to take Tanahashi and relate him to anybody that's going to be North American, it would probably be Shawn Michaels. He, to me, is the Shawn Michaels in New Japan Pro Wrestling. So um, very gifted, very charismatic. Um, his finishing moves is called a High Fly Flow. It's uh, almost Ricky the Dragon Steamboat style, but except for the fact, there's a lot more impact to the move. Um, again, Tanahashi is one of those guys. If you want to see what Japanese wrestling looks like, Google him. Uh, match seven, second last match of the night, IWGP U.S. Heavyweight Championship match, and Sean, this is what you're referring to. John Moxley defeated John, uh, Juice Robinson with a double arm DDT, which uh, Dean Ambrose used to call it. Uh, what was the move? He uh, what was the name for the movie they used to call it? In WWE. It was-
2: yeah, it was Dirty Deeds, though I did yeah, finish. Yeah. And he kind of lifted him up further than normally for the de- uh, Dirty Deeds. So it was almost uh, like spiking him. And I did uh, post the full match uh, that uh, somebody had shared on our uh, Facebook page. And there was one part where I saw that uh, Moxley ended up uh, biting. Uh, Juice uh, in the top of his uh, forehead, just above his uh, left eye, and uh, juice end up uh, showing pictures of the uh, deep cut that actually happened from uh, Moxley gnawing away on his head.
3: Yeah, so fans out, wrestling fans out there, um, New Japan's very tough kind of hardcore style at times. Um, Even my uh, kitten agrees there, (laughs) but uh, anyways, uh, Moxley the character. You still see resemblance of Dean Ambrose, but the fact is he, he's kind of stepped it up a notch. Um, you know, he, a character, as far as the attire goes, is a little bit different. So he's now wearing kind of bicycle shorts, uh, you know, with uh, kind of amateur wrestling boots. But uh, that intensity is still there. And it's not only there, but it's heightened. Um, so if you get the chance to check out a John Moxley match post-WWE, definitely check it out. Well, uh, even yeah, if you he, check
2: out uh, some Moxley before WWE, he was uh, quite hardcore to begin with um, there a lot of blood matches and I believe there were some light tubes and staple guns and stuff like that uh, going on with Moxley before uh, becoming Dean Ambrose over in uh, FCW NXT,
3: WWE. yeah so I'm loving the character um, you know I wasn't too familiar with him before uh, did shield and Dean Ambrose but uh, now I've got a you know a feel for who he is as Character now, um, absolutely amazing. New Japan is lucky to have this guy, AEW is lucky to have this guy. He's one of the three guys that AEW has that, to my knowledge, has the ability to go back and forth between the, the two companies. Uh, the other two being Kenny Omega as well as Chris Jericho. Um, can't wait to see a Jericho versus Moxley match, which is you know probably the future. I don't know if this year or next year, but uh, anyway, yeah, new champion John Moxley takes the title. Uh, match number eight was the finals for the best of the super juniors 26. Had uh, Will Ospreay and Shingo Tagagi of the LIJ in this one. Will Osprey wins with the Stormbreaker. The coolest thing about this is anybody who's unfamiliar with Will Ospreay, do yourself a favor and take about an hour of your life and basically go and watch the highlight reels of him online. Um, he had a very phenomenal match with uh, Kota Ibushi uh, just this past year. Um, you know, he is probably the most gifted unsigned talent that doesn't work for AEW or WB at this point. Um, he's a human highlight reel. His nickname is the Ariel Assassin. And um, if you watch any of his matches, you'll get a feel of what wrestling looks like It probably in the next 10 to 15 years, as long as this guy doesn't get injured. And he's tough in the ring, but he knows His skills, uh, any independent fan out there, you can relate him to like a Brent Banks times like a 1,000. I mean, this guy is so gifted. But uh, Will Osprey ends up winning Best of the Super Juniors 26, uh, which means future title shot coming up for him. And hopefully, eventually, they move him up to the heavyweight division. With that being said, that means he'd end up feuding with guys like Okada, Tanahashi, um, you know uh, guys like Chris Jericho and Kenny Omega when Omega eventually makes his return to me as a fan marking out would be Omega versus uh, Will Ospreay and I can't wait to see that because like I said Ospreay is the same category as Ibushi and um again when you think of Ibushi you think of Kenny Omega so can't wait for it Uh Sean your take on any of the names that I mentioned or attempted to mention with regards mm-hmm. to the Super Junior 26 and whether or not you you're familiar with Will Osprey,
2: uh, yeah, I've seen some Osprey stuff. Uh, he's kind of hit and miss. Like I don't know if uh, he's as big as the hype that uh, he gets from it. But I do uh, like some of his uh, matches. I believe he went against Dukes in the CWC. Was that him?
3: Osprey? No, you're thinking Zack Sabre
2: Jr. Oh, Zack Sabre. Sorry, my bad. Um, yeah, I have seen uh, some of Osprey, uh, but. Yeah, it's interesting to see uh what they have there uh like to actually catch up and see some of it cuz I do enjoy uh some of the lighter uh weight wrestlers since basically that's what independent wrestling in Ontario has a lot of uh not a lot of the bigger guys and we we see a lot of the bigger guys all the time in WWE and uh Impact and stuff like that. So it's nice to see a different contrast
3: that way. All right. So, so two, uh, two quick questions for you. Uh, number one is your thoughts on Moxley winning a title for new Japan pro wrestling so soon.
2: Um, well, I think they're obviously trying to cash in on his, uh, popularity right now. Uh, he's hugely out there, especially after he had uh, a couple of his, uh, shoot interviews, especially with Chris Jericho and, uh, I believe it was Wade Keller is the other one they had and he's revealed a lot of the goings on behind the scenes of wd so it's only natural for new japan to sort of capitalize on it
3: all right and then final question for you um if somebody were to say jushin thunder liger still wrestling in 2019 would it be believable for you
2: well we saw ultimo dragon so anything's possible
3: yeah, I tell you this. So the ROH New Japan CMLL NWA show that's taking place August in, uh, as far as SummerSlam week goes, um, I already, like I said, I marked out for Ultimate Dragon. But if Jushin Thunder Liger is part of this show, it's, uh, yeah, Christmas came early for the, the next 50 years. So it would be interesting <laughs> to see, uh, see uh, uh, Jushin Thunder Liger in Toronto come in August. So fingers crossed.
2: Yep, Uh, and there's a lot going on with uh, New Japan. What's their uh, next event that they have coming up?
3: So as far as their next event coming up goes, it's going to be New Japan Pro Wrestling Presents Dominion. Um, It's always 6-9, so June 9th in osaka Joe Hall. It's Osaka, Japan. Uh, Go through the matches quickly here and then get your thoughts on anything that kind of stands out for you. I know the main event definitely will for you. Uh, possibly the IC title match as well. But um, matches on the card right now, you got John Moxley versus Shota Amuno uh, Satoshi Kojima taking on Shingo Tagagi uh, Tagagi to me, if you've never seen his work, check it out. I remember when I first saw him and I, I was, it was only pictures and stuff like that. I thought this guy was a lot bigger. And when I watched his first match that I, I got the chance to, I was like, Holy crap, this guy's small, but For being as small as he is, he's one of the most gifted. He's kind of got almost that Daniel Bryan feel where it doesn't matter. You know, the size doesn't matter, so to speak. So if you get a chance to check out Takagi, definitely check it out. The fact his association with LIJ um, just heightens, uh, you know, his character. But um, uh, they call him the dragon for the reason or uh, sorry for a reason. Uh, next match after that, Juice and Thunder Liger, Yoshihashi taking on Missouri, Minoru Suzuki and Zach Sabre Jr., ZSJ. Um, next match, Hiroshi Tanahashi, Juice Robinson, and Taguchi, taking on Jay White, Switchblade, uh, Chase Owens, and Taji Ishimori. Um, cool thing about this, Jay White has been one of those guys who's been part of Smash Wrestling at one point. Uh, I got to see him face Tyson Dukes um and i think it was for the smash wrestling championship which was phenomenal uh to know what new japan has done with him is absolutely amazing so hopefully they continue to build his character over there uh he's He's unexpected
2: he's unexpected to be uh the leader of the bullet club like he has but they've done a good job of making him uh uh step up and be believable as the uh, new leader
3: yeah he's he well he's got that cocky arrogant kind of you know feel to him so it's uh uh, Shawn Michaels kind of style you know or Adam Cole style um, but he's definitely one of those guys that's gifted as far as his uh, personality as well as his in-ring style goes uh, next match of the night never open openweight championship match Taichi uh, defending the uh, title against Tomohiro Ishii uh, Ishii's former champion again Ishii is one of those guys that uh, definitely check him out he's hardcore kind of old-school style um, he's as like he's just a solid brick house and it's interesting to watch different styles against him because Ishii is just one of those guys, almost like Jim the Envil Nightheart style, where just kind of you can't get to him. He's going to get knocked down and you know keep getting back up, and he's a huge part of New Japan for wrestling. Um, next match of the night, IWGP I- I- Tag Team Championship match. is a Destiny. Uh, Tamatanga Tonga and Tangaloa taking on Evil and Sonata LIJ. L- um, is a Destiny, if Anything at all, if you're going to relate them to anybody, it'd be the Usos, uh, just a couple notches up. And it'll be interesting to see once Gallows and Anderson's uh, contracts expire, whether or not they're going to head back over to New Japan. Because that'll be the first team they face is the Guerrillas of Destiny, otherwise known as G.O.D. God. Uh, IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship match taking place next. Dragon Lee defending against uh, Will Ospreay. See a new champion taking place in this one. Again, Ospreay has not moved up to the heavyweight division, so which is why he's getting his title shot here. Um, next match, IWGP Intercontinental Championship match. Cody Ibushi is champion, taking on former champion Tetsuda Naito. Um, he's a leader L I J. LIJ. Um, no reason in the world put the title back on Naito, so I see Ibushi uh, you know, winning this one. Whether or not we see the appearance of Kenny Omega in this uh, Dominion coming up remains to be seen. I'd love to see it. I'd love to see Ibushi go over it and then Omega challenge Ibushi for the title. Um, You know, Omega was former junior heavyweight champion as well as heavyweight champion, but he was never intercontinental champion. So it makes sense, and especially going into uh, G1 Climax coming up uh, in the month of July, August. And main event for the night and your thoughts on this... Sean, as far as who you might think is going to win, so you got heavyweight champion Kazu. Kazu, I will get out the Google translator <laughs> next show. Anyways, Okada is taking on Chris Jericho. Um, with regards to Moxley winning off of Juice Robinson for the U.S. title, do you see Jericho and their villainous as the rainmaker versus the painmaker? You see Jericho taking this from Okada, or do you think it's too soon?
2: I can see Jericho uh, taking it. Uh, New Japan has done, I think, well in uh, recovering from the loss of guys like Cody, uh, Kenny Omega, and the Young Bucks. Since they're not really part of New Japan now that they're AEW. I know Omega, I guess, has a contract with AEW that allows them to do work with New Japan still. And that's where, obviously, Jericho and Moxley have uh, agreements that way. But it looks like they're two separate entities. They're not really working together. New Japan wants to keep their relationship with their current uh, established uh, people, like Ring of Honor, intact instead of uh, going with AEW at the moment. Um, But much like how Moxley, they uh, capitalized on his popularity at the moment, Jericho is uh, somewhat in the same uh, driver's seat as Moxley with uh, his uh, influence on the main scene of wrestling and uh, popularity overall and so anything involving Jericho gets people's eyes on the product and attention and it would be right for New Japan to try and capitalize on that especially with the loss of as I said the Young Bucks, Cody and Omega putting the belt on Jericho gets eyes on their product. And right now, you you kind of need that. There's a huge surge of wrestling fans looking for uh, an alternative to WWE uh, out there, and this would do so. And with being a name like Jericho, I see them pulling the trigger.
3: Yes, yeah, so, so for me as a hardcore fan... And fan of New Japan Pro Wrestling, I'd, I'd rather see Omega finally go up against Abushi. Uh, but um, the biggest rumors on the internet right now is the fact is Jericho comes back and makes a statement. Sorry, not Jericho. Omega comes back and makes a statement in the match between Okada and Jericho. And if you think about it, Omega's got you know um, history with both guys. Um, one of I think it might have been Meltzer's first ever six star match was Omega versus. Um, you know, uh, Okada and then you think about the history between Jericho and Omega. it can go any way you want it to. And the, the reaction from the fans there in Osaka Hall for Omega making his return would be absolutely phenomenal. But if you have a chance, um, again, uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling presents Do- uh, sorry Dominion uh, June 9th, uh, Osaka Hall Japan, uh, sorry Osaka Joe Hall in Japan. I gotta to learn to slow down my words. Anyways, bell time over there is going to be sixteen hundred, which is four o'clock in the afternoon, which equates to two a.m. over here, and it's not too bad. So it'll be two a.m. this coming Saturday. Um, if you get, you know, if you get a sour taste in your mouth from a WB event taking place, uh, this will take that sour out of your mouth. So, uh, anyways, uh, Sean, let me uh, let me do the New Japan stuff. So I, I, I guess up next is going to be the WB uh, stuff coming up tomorrow, eh?
2: Uh- yeah, I just wanted to quickly touch on uh two things. Trevor Harris had asked a question of what do you think was the best uh match of the Super Jays? He's uh, going with the main event.
3: Like are we talking the the final show? Uh yeah, I'm gonna
2: assume uh, it was the final show that he's asking about. So what was your uh best match?
3: Um <laughs> Jeez, and that's 15 nights of matches. Um, so let the,
2: the final match, like
3: the final night. So final night? Yeah. Okay. It's a toss-up between the two simply because of the fact um, you've got pure wrestling versus kind of entertainment hype, right? So think about it this way. you got Juice Robinson defending against John Moxley, who's an unknown in New Japan for wrestling. But the hype work, the pro work that they put into that, including social media, made that match worth it. And when you talk about what fans were talking about post 26, and I'm talking, you know, best of Super Juniors 26, it was Moxley versus Robinson. Um, however, the hardcore wrestling fan was talking about Takagi, uh, sorry, Takagi against uh, Will Ospreay. Um, so it's, it's a mix for me. Um, Think about it this way. So I'm just looking here. So Moxley and Robinson went 24 minutes. Uh Osprey versus Takagi went uh, 33 minutes. So you talk about entertainment versus pure wrestling. And I'm not saying that Moxley match wasn't pure wrestling, but there was more of an entertainment kind of hardcore style to that. So it's, it's a toss up between the two. So if you talk about pure wrestling, definitely the Osprey match. If you talk about What's more entertaining for a fan, um, like as a, as a pro wrestling fan, it's got to be Moxley versus Robinson.
2: Okay. Uh, so, Trevor, that's your answer from Chris, who ended up uh, taking that in. We're going to take a uh, break, come back with a quick look at uh, the calendar for wrestling events coming in Ontario and uh, what's coming up with AEW before we jump into WWE. Scumbags Wrestling are always looking for ways of giving back to the community, and we're going to do just that with Ethan's Fight happening on June 23rd at Montcalm Secondary School right here in London, Ontario. The card starts at 1 p.m. and goes till 4, with tickets starting at $10 for kids, $15 for general admission, and $20 for VIP. Ethan's Fight is a charity wrestling show to benefit Ethan Hayes. In January 2019, a cancerous mass was discovered in six-year-old Ethan's brain. He immediately had surgery at SickKids Hospital in Toronto to remove the mass and relieve the swelling caused by the buildup of cerebral spinal fluid. The eight-hour surgery removed most of the mass, but some elements were attached to his brainstem and could not be extracted. Along with the remnants of the tumor in his brain, cancer was also present throughout Ethan's spine. Luckily, he qualified for a study which would combat cancer with revolutionary form of proton radiation treatment only available at St. Jude's Children's Hospital in Memphis, Tennessee. The money raised will help alleviate the financial burden that Ethan's family will be facing during Ethan's upcoming chemotherapy at SickKids in Toronto. Ethan's mother has taken a one-year leave of absence from work for both her her jobs to care for Ethan through all phases of his treatment. The main event is going to be a big one, with the first-time-ever meeting of
0: Impact Wrestling and London's own Cody Deaner taking on the King of the North, Carter Mason, one of independent wrestling's hottest wrestlers who is having
2: an astonishing comeback year. You won't want to miss this main event and all the other matches that are set to happen during Ethan's Fight, the charity wrestling event show happening at Moccom Secondary School on June 23rd at 1 p.m. Check out Facebook for more information. Okay, and we're back. Uh, We still have uh, Chris Maloney from the Sharpshooter Podcast with us. Uh, still hanging in there, Chris, as we're in to two and a half hours almost of uh, our podcast.
3: Yeah, we got to figure, uh, figure out a way to make money off this so I can quit my day job and then have more time to focus to the, towards this.
2: Yeah, uh, my wife would love it if I could do this as well and find a way of monetizing.
3: Wait, hold on. Your wife would love it if you could do this?
2: Well, if I could monetize it at least. Beyond that. Yeah.
3: Okay, so... Uh, <laughs> she'd be, she'd be <laughs> we, totally
2: done with me doing it all the time if I was monetizing.
3: I, I tell you this. So Christine, uh, don't get me wrong, she she loves my admiration as well as, um, you know, my, my love for the wrestling business and, and, and doing podcasts and everything else. But <laughs> she says the exact same thing. Can you monetize on this, please? And I'm like, I'm trying. So I guess we're both in the same boat with that one.
2: Yeah, well the more we get out there the more it'll get recognized so I thank everybody who is on listening to our podcast and there's as I said before there's 14 different outlets uh, currently that you can listen to us on and the bigger we get the more information we can put out there and it's great to uh, be a part of that Um, I only got two events to uh, actually uh, pop up on the Ontario calendar for this weekend There's probably a whole lot more, but I haven't found them. Uh, There's Golden Glory 4, which is happening for Barry Wrestling on Saturday, June 8th, and the bell time is uh, 5 o'clock. Plus, uh, Rock Solid Wrestling is in Hanover uh, at 7pm, and that is uh, at a, a Cole John Diefenbaker Senior School in Hanover, and that's Rock Solid Wrestling. So, I'm sure there's more out there. Those are what's been located by me. But anywhere you want to uh, mention more more? independent wrestling. Yeah, go for it.
3: So I've got to update my calendar as well. But the uh, the other event that's listed is June 8th, uh, GEW Clash Day Chevalier 2, um, taking place in... Uh, man, the Quebec City names are absolutely unique. Um Okay, I'm going to say Quebec. <laughs> anyways, it was GEW. Um, but anyways, the, the main reason I'm bringing this up is because of the fact, uh, it looks like the main event, um, and this is French, so I'm trying to translate here. Uh, so a championship on the line for them is Ryan Donovan, who I'm assuming is probably the champion, uh, taking on Lufisto in the main event. So, um,
2: Interesting. Intergenerative so- match for the title.
3: Yeah, and uh, it's, the cool thing about Lufisto is she's all over the place as far as her wrestling goes, and she's and this is the biggest thing that sucks about her retirement is the fact that she's got such a passion for the business, and uh, obviously her husband supports her. So, if you get the chance, I mean, you know, Canadian indie Ontario indie uh, wrestling in Quebec, and you haven't had the chance to see her live yet, do yourself a favor and and check her out. And as far as tickets go for this one, um, you're looking at five bucks, twelve dollars at the door. It looks like five dollars for infants that's anywhere from five to 13 years of age. And then uh, looks like uh, if you get tickets beforehand, you save two bucks. So, uh, twelve dollars at the door and then ten dollars in advance. But you get the chance to leave uh, Lufisto uh, live in Quebec.
2: Awesome, can't go wrong. As I was saying, um, I'm sure there's a lot more going on. So, if You find it, let us know. Share it. Share even the results from the show. We'll uh, try and include it in our reviews and uh, get the word out there for independent wrestling as well.
1: that everyone's been talking about, Chris Jericho's Rock and Wrestling Ranger at Sea Part 2, the second wave, is getting ready to go, along with thousands of the friends of Jericho and me, sailing across the ocean to have the best vacation of a lifetime. I want to tell you right now, the hottest wrestling promotion in the world today, all elite wrestling, will be there. That's right, some of the greatest rock and roll bands in the world, some of the funniest comedians on the planet, paranormal experiences, where you'll be wondering, is this really happening? Will the the answer is yes, it is really happening, and so is Chris Jericho's Rock and Wrestling Rager at Sea, part 2 second second wave. Sign up for all the info for this all-elite vacation now at Chris I want you on board Chris Jericho's Rock and Wrestling Rager at Sea so we can all sail away, man. We'll see you there. Oh, yeah. it's a path to the
2: divine. Uh not independent wrestling though. Is AEW? Uh, we saw a double or nothing a couple of weeks ago, and that was their first official uh, event they had. But, however, on June 29th, they're having their second uh, event happening at the Ocean Center in Daytona Beach, Florida, and that is Spider Fest. Currently, there's four matches on the card, and it's Jey taking on Michael Nakazawa in a hardcore match. Cody is taking on Darby Allen in a singles match. There's a six-man tag involving the Elite, Kenny Omega, Matt, and Nick Jackson, taking on the Lucha Brothers, Pentagon Jr., and Ray Phoenix, plus a partner yet to be named. And John Moxley is taking on Joey Janela. So the card is shaping up. We've got some interesting names on there. Uh, I think Janela and Moxley will be an insane hardcore uh, style match because general is just crazy as well. I got to see him at uh, the Northern tournament last year and we've seen what he did at all in uh, last September. Then oh, you got anything to add to that?
3: Well, I was, I was going to get your thoughts on two things. Um, number one is two statements, uh, more or less mentioned by Dustin Rhodes uh, since we're on the topic of AEW. Uh, number one, he says uh, he will never, ever wrestle his brother again. Uh, basically, that match that he had with Cody at Double or Nothing is cemented as far as um, that's it between the two of them. Um, your thoughts on and that being the one and only match that we'll ever see between the two guys?
2: Don't believe it. I think they're going to build up some nice storyline. And when Dustin is finally ready to hang up his boots, it'll be Cody putting uh, the uh, bullet in his brother and putting him out to pasture.
3: All right. And the uh, the second thought is, and um, I'll read this to you uh, since it is a statement from him. He goes, let's face it, you're sitting in the back and not doing anything, and it's hard and frustrating because – when you have so much to give, but time is running out because you're getting older. It sucks when you're not being picked and you're pitching these ideas to the writers and Vince and nothing happens. I wanted to do something with substance. Because whether or not I deserved it or not, I don't know, but that's what I wanted. That's where my passion was, and I lost it along the way. I want it out. It's hard to get out. It's like prison. It really is. It's one of the prisons that they take good care of you, but um, I needed to go and do something else. They had taken good care of me, but I needed to get out, breathe, and find my passion again. So do you believe – actually, let me rephrase that. Your thoughts on Dustin Rhodes basically saying WDB is like a prison. And with regards to guys like TJP as well as Sean Spears, um, is it um, almost like a dead zone as far as losing your passion for the wrestling business?
2: Unfortunately, at the moment, it seems like WWE is uh, in that direction. And that's uh, really sad considering how many years – Everybody has been fans of it. Um, It's been likened to lately as being WCW, the way things uh, started falling apart for them there. Uh, We said it numerous times last week on the show. Everybody is entertaining one guy, and if he doesn't have interest in you or his mind uh, wanders and thinks somebody else is better, He's not giving you the nod. Unfortunately, Vince isn't. Um, we've seen how Triple H has uh, dealt with people and whether they came from the indie scene and went to NXT, he's formed them really well in the future WWE image, I would say, in NXT, but then they get they fall to the wayside in WWE as soon as Vince and Kevin Dunn get their hands on them. Um, so Dustin's statement is not surprising I think I saw a report this week there was about 56 that includes some injured people but 56 talent who were not active this week on TV with you having five hours of TV every week there shouldn't be that many people sitting back this um, unfortunately we're jumping the gun a little bit Uh, to Deputy at the moment before finishing off AEW but with that said the uh, brand split is still existing but not existing the wild card of four people only is non-existent either because if you look at Smackdown this week there was way more than uh, four people from Raw that appeared on that show and then there's all the people that are supposed to be on Smackdown who haven't been on there and so it's kind of confusing how that goes.
3: Yeah, the problem with WWE right now is they, they are lacking the ability to entertain. Um, it's, they've got all the right ingredients, but they don't know how to put them together to make uh, the wrestling fan care again. Yeah, and unfortunately, it's going to be a while, I
2: think, before that uh, changes though they have to somehow pay attention and get that changed and be that legacy that they have and build it back up and not lose it again. Uh, and if that doesn't happen, who knows it's going to be a harder climb for whenever it uh, does step away, whether it's by death or forced out uh, somehow, even by shareholders potentially eventually. Um, Surprisingly, that hasn't come up in any uh, share meetings or publicly uh, to push Vince out. But so
3: I, uh, I was gonna—I I gotta make a reference for for something. And because we're we're talking about uh, AEW as well as uh, WWE, and if you think about the one of the things that we were just talking about with regards to New Japan and the best of the Super Juniors, the fact is you have a guy on the WWE roster named Ricochet. One of to my you know to me anyways, one of the most gifted guys I've ever seen in my in my entire life as far as uh, you know just pure gifted performers go. he actually fought a match in the best of the super Juniors um, that was relevant against will Osprey. and you think of the two guys and you look at the two guys and they're very comparable in size and, and, and stature and, and move sets and everything uh, you know uh, and, and that stuff goes. My my relevance to what I'm saying right now is the fact is Osprey just went and won best of the Super Junior 26. Um, what's Ricochet doing right now?
2: He's in a 50-50 battle with Cesaro.
3: Yeah, and no offense to Cesaro, you know, to Cesaro because he is one of the most gifted uh, performers out there way back to his ring of honor days. But the fact is when you have a guy like Will Ospreay who's top of the mountain as far as the Super you know, the the junior heavyweights go, who's being promoted to the heavyweight level, and you have WBE, where all of a sudden he's basically mid-card talent right now against Cesaro. That right there is symbolic in itself as far as where pro wrestling sits and where sports entertainment sits. Yep. And
2: it's kind of crazy, some of the people who are uh, floundering right now who shouldn't be. And if you're not going to do anything with them, why bring them up to the main roster? It was somewhat a panic move, but if you're going to panic that much, use them instead of letting them squander.
3: Cough, cough, Viking experience, cough, cough, uh, EC3. Kyrie Sane. Yeah, Kyrie Sane put putting a tag team. Um, Nikki Cross is basically a sidekick right now. Um, it's. Uh, hey, it's.
2: They don't even know what they're doing with Alexa Bliss. Like, Monday, she was a fan favorite with uh, Nikki Cross uh, having issues with the Iconics. And then the next night, she's back being heel and going to be challenging for the uh, women's title against Bayley at Stomping Grounds. Uh, This week's TV really didn't have anything significant. It was just, like, a lot of video packages. And yet, they have this event coming up uh, tomorrow afternoon. And they were, then started also uh, trying to set up stomping grounds. And when your main thing on both shows is seeing Undertaker or Goldberg or Undertaker and Goldberg in the ring at the same time, and nothing really happens, why is it, are these old guys taking the spot of somebody who needs it?
3: You know, it's it's so we're looking at probably a three-hour show this week. Uh, split into two parts. I guarantee yep. I could go probably twice that long with regards to what the WWE doing right now, as well as Vince versus Triple H. And I am hundred percent Triple H. And if you ever want to hear me vent, let me know, but I'm pretty sure I'm on the same side as 99.9% of the wrestling fans as what the WWE needs to do to basically, you know, move up a step and that's basically, you talk about putting, you know, horses out to pasture, Vince McMahon is that horse and Triple H needs to be, you know, needs to be the one who's doing this because um, it's not looking good for WWE as far as October goes and they're moved to Fox. And that's like I said, they have all the right ingredients, but the fact is, as long as Vince McMahon, that one man who you got to entertain is in charge, WWE will not get better. And you just said it the best as far as Characters like Alexa Bliss goes, or the NXT call-ups, and, and this and that. And um, if they can't make up their minds as far as in a, a, a character like a Alexa Bliss goes, are you supposed to root for her? Are you supposed to boo her? You know? And all of a sudden, you bring up NXT, you know, NXT guys, and ec 3s on WWE main event, and then all of a sudden you bring them up on Raw just to lose to, you know, lose to somebody. What, what the hell was the sense of, of signing him from uh, Impact Wrestling in the first place? You know?
2: Yeah, and um, then you got the 24-7 belt that now uh, Jinder Mahal is a two-time champion. Uh, Elias is a two-time champion, but uh, R-Truth is now a four-time champion. But the upside is they are using social media to show those two title changes uh, that happened with uh, Jinder and our truth in their flight to Saudi Arabia uh, in the airport and or sorry on the tarmac of the airplane and on the airplane today
3: so okay so i love jim Mahal because he's got affiliation with Bret Hart and he's canadian but his talent as far as in-ring style goes there's a reason why he, he had the title and he lost the title and he wasn't that great of a champion um
2: promo they were trying to get the indian uh culture
3: yeah, and it's funny that you say that because the fact is Jinder Mahal won the championship, and the next thing you know, they have this tour of India happening. It's oh, okay, that's just coincidence. Um yep. and you talked about it, you talked about it earlier as well. Um, and and no offense to our truth because he is somebody who I don't mind seeing when he's on WWE TV, but he's out there in age. He was he was back in the day where Billy Gunn went, you know, a waller or got fired or whatever the case may be. And they had to take Road Dog and put it with somebody else. So Who'd they put him with? Our Truth. And they had this rapping gimmick going on, you know? And that was back in the day. And also now we're watching this guy perform on TV as 24 7 champion, uh, which has taken the spotlight away from guys, like I said, the Viking experience or even Ricochet or whatever the case may be. Um, it's tough to watch because as a wrestling fan, you, one of the biggest things. If you're if you're my age with 43 years old, um, you're either NWA or you're basically WBF back at the time. And Correct. to watch the WBF turn into WWE and watch the WB basically turn into WCW right now, it's it's tough to watch. You know, it's tough as a fan. And I'll be the first to admit on a Monday, if I'm watching Raw, I guarantee probably I probably won't get through half of it before I turn down the volume and put a podcast on, because it's not entertaining me at 43 years old. Mm -hmm.
2: I don't know if they had to find something to do. Quickly finishing off AEW's uh, schedule, though, July 13th, they have uh, Fight for the Fallen. Um, A portion of the proceeds from this event, which is their third event, is going to go to victims of gun violence in Jacksonville, Florida, and it's happening at Daly's Place uh, in Jacksonville. Three matches announced, Brandy Rhodes versus Allie, which we know London's own, married to uh, Pepper Parks. Kenny Omega taking on SEMA, and uh, Cody and Dustin taking on the Young Bucks in a tag team match. So they're building up some decent uh, events. It's kind of interesting, though, that they're putting it all out there, what they already have booked, instead of slowly revealing it over time. And the final uh, one that they have is All Out. And that's going to be back at the uh, Sears Center in Hoffman Estates, Illinois, suburb of Chicago. And that's August 31st, 2019. Uh, It's also going to be the site of uh, StarCast 3. The main event is going to be a singles match for the first AEW Championship. Hangman Adam Page taking on Chris Jericho and over at StarCast Dean Malenko's been announced and it looks like one of the headliners is going to be Mick Foley so once again we got AEW booked all the way up until the end of August your thoughts quickly if
3: I can get the wife's permission I'm going to go to Chicago because it's um I, 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 okay Las Vegas is too far away I know flights are cheaper and everything else but um uh you know it's it would have been nice to to be there um knowing what they did in, in chicago the first time around and the affiliation with um uh pro wrestling tees being there and and sean pointed this out it's, i was all excited because the starcast 3 logo looked like the cm punk um <laughs> you know tights. and uh sean's like no it's a friggin', uh chicago flag and i was like oh oh <laughs> anyways regardless of the fact i mean obviously they're playing on the wrestling fans at cm punk but um Chicago is one of those cities as far as my bucket list goes that I'd love to go visit. Um, you know, maybe my wife comes with me and I go to wrestling and she I know there's um, friends or family down there that she knows, so it'd be kind of cool. but um, I think um, who was it? was it um, not Jake, but uh, Nathan had gone down for the first one. Is that right?: Nathan and James uh, were there, and James's daughter: Yeah, James being a huge uh, new Japan uh, wrestling fan as well. But um, the pictures that they had, and you know the uh, the um, you know uh, stuff that they were saying online, and stuff like that, just an amazing experience. And, and being in Chicago would be absolutely phenomenal. So, um, so yeah, fingers crossed I get to go to AEW all out in Chicago. But um, if not, I'll be watching it on pay per view and um, enjoying Sarcast three, just my, much like a, uh, every other wrestling fan out there.
2: Excellent. So we'll be right back and quickly run down before we run out of time uh, NXT TakeOver 25 and our quick uh, thoughts on tomorrow's Super Showdown
1: ladies and gentlemen it has been a newsworthy few weeks for All Elite Wrestling as some of you may know some of you may be hearing for the very first time AEW has entered into a TV deal with Turner Broadcasting it's not missed on me Sitting here in Atlanta, Georgia, the youngest of the Rhodes family, the weight of that announcement, the fact that pro wrestling is returning to Turner. And not only that, AEW has also entered into a TV deal with the UK's largest commercial television channel, that being ITV. This, it's unprecedented. And if you could refer to anything, it was over two decades ago. I mean, fans, this is your moment. My moment is our moment, and every bit of this, it starts May 25th, Las Vegas, double or nothing, MGM Grand Garden Arena. And here's how you can watch it. In the United States and Canada, it's on pay-per-view. Internationally, you can watch it on Fight. Specifically in the UK, you can see it on ITV. And even in the United States, you can watch it on VR Live. But The real purpose of me sitting here today is simple. I want to take a moment to thank you. Thank you for your passion. Thank you for your loyalty. Thank you for your patience. We can't do this without you. We don't intend to do this without you. Let's go forward. I have a saying amongst my brethren in the elite, let's live forever. I'm not naive enough to think any of us can live forever, but I think pro wrestling can make moments that do. And that is what AEW So once again, from myself, from all of us at All Elite Wrestling, thank you. 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 We couldn't have done it without each and every one of you fans for supporting us. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, everybody. Thank you.
0: Following the news that the former hottest free agent in pro wrestling Kenny Omega is joining AEW, London Comic-Con can finally announced that the best belt machine is making its way to Southwestern Ontario for London Comic-Con 2019 this October. Omega will be available to meet fans, sign autographs, and host a special VIP video game tournament. More details and announcements are coming soon. Check out
1: London Comic-Con for more details. This is Jim Strider live from the Tyson Dukes Wrestling Factory and you're listening to the Scumbags of Wrestling Podcast.
2: And we're back with some WDE news quickly running down uh, NXT 25. It happened from Bridgeport, Connecticut at the Webster Bank Arena. This was the 25th takeover that they've had since the initial one what started the uh, network era of uh, broadcasting for WWE, and TakeOver was one of their first uh, events, and we've made it already to 25. So sort of dark matches that were recorded for this week's edition of NXT was Keith Lee defeating Kona Reeves, and Mia Yim taking on and defeating Bianca Belair. Then we moved on to the actual show, and we had Matt Riddle defeating Roderick Strong. The Street Profits uh, took on Oni Larkin, Danny Burch, plus the Undisputed Era of O'Reilly and Bobby Fish, and The Forgotten Sons, Wesley Blake and Steve Cutler, in a four-way tag team match to determine the new NXT Tag Team Championship uh, owners, and that was a ladder match really great match, and the Street Profits ended up uh, becoming tag team champions. This match featured a lot of first-time TakeOver uh, people, because they've been in the company for a while, but first time they've been on a TakeOver. Uh, Velveteen Dream defeated Tyler Breeze. Breeze has come down from the main roster to rejoin NXT, and it's almost like Tyler Breeze versus Tyler Breeze 2.0. Uh and then, obviously, Dream is up the game in the Tyler Breeze uh, 2.0 style of uh, people. But he retained the North American Championship. They took a selfie afterwards. Shayna Baszler uh, defeated Io Shirai to retain the Women's Championship. And Shirai ended up beating uh, Baszler with a kendo stick afterwards so I don't know if that was some sort of heel turn on a heel who knows where that's going to lead to and in the main event was for the NXT championship Johnny Gargano lost the title to Adam Cole this was their second uh, match against each other because the the last takeover uh, was Cole Gargano won and Gargano uh, won the match becoming the NXT championship uh, holder after Ciampa had to drop it due to injury. So do we see a third one possibly happening at NXT Toronto in a rubber match with their sort of 50-50 booking that's going on? But it's not bad 50-50 booking because both matches were phenomenal.
3: Uh, Your thoughts on TakeOver? So I actually didn't get to see takeover because i might have been preoccupied with this thing called smash wrestling in toronto so um yeah independent wrestling might have been a little bit more important that night than takeover itself um but two things number one i read uh online i think it was today with you guys that bobby fish he had his arm in a sling uh post adam cole match and i guess that was just a precautionary measure uh, it doesn't look a- like he's injured again but it looks like it's, they're just you know uh, just making sure that everything's uh, good with him. I'm, I'm assuming that he's probably had an MRI since then. I haven't seen anything online report-wise. It says Bobby yeah, Fish is took, injured again.
2: He took one heck of a beating uh, with a ladder match, and uh, no certainty recovered recover from something, and he was getting whacked again. And uh, there was a couple pictures of him with some uh, nice uh, cuts and maybe even a hole in him
3: after landing on one of the ladders. So, Yeah, ouch. Um, I was watching NXT, I guess it would have been last night, and before that, they were showing NXT TakeOver 25, the replay. So I got to see probably about half of the Cole versus Gargano match. Um, Interesting to note that there was no ringside attendance by the Undisputed Era, which was good. So it was purely uh, Gargano versus uh, Adam Cole. At one point, uh, Adam Cole, Cole... was inside the ring and uh, Johnny Gargano was outside and uh, Cole was kind of motioning like, Hey, come down to the ring to his uh, undisputed era members. Uh, it was a ploy tactic by Cole. Obviously uh, the match was, as far as what I've seen, the match was phenomenal. As far as the finish went, uh, Cole looked like a superstar. He basically, you know, um, put Gargano out to pasture, uh, took hold of the championship and now he's going to run with it. Um, it's certain guys, and I, I don't mean to sound like skeptical or anything like that, but certain guys belong in NXT. Gargano is one of those guys, Adam cole's another one. I don't want to see them get moved up and, and lost. And I'd love to see NXT kind of flourish and start doing their own shows and you know, hopefully build a brand almost bigger than WB. But as far as the direction the company goes, as far as NXT. Glad to see Cole finally win this one. And as a fan going to NXT TakeOver in Toronto, I would love to see Cole versus Gargano in the main event. That Absolutely be phenomenal. Yeah, it could be a good uh, match number three
2: between those two. Um, so it is getting quite late. We've gone quite long. That's why this is going to be uh, another two-parter uh, like it was last week for episode 58. 59 is going to be a two-parter. Uh, we kind of discuss the matches that were going to happen later on tonight, or sorry, tomorrow afternoon from uh, Jeddah in Saudi Arabia. It's Super Showdown. Um, I know you really are not too keen on this because of the whole political aspect, and I can respect that because there's a lot of BS going on with the fact that you got guys who are refusing to go over due to the fact that women cannot be involved, and due to a gentleman like uh, Sami Zayn, who is Canadian with Syrian descent, he's not welcome there either. Alistair Black with his tattoos, he's not welcome. And so you have uh, Daniel Garcia, uh, Daniel Garcia, Daniel Bryan should I say, and uh, Kevin Owens refusing to go over as well. So there's four guys saying no and obviously the whole women's roster with maybe a little bit of exception because there's rumor that possibly Alexa Bliss and Natalia have gone over and WD is working hard to try and get them actually on the card. If this is actually does happen, I can see it uh, being that they're wearing full bodysuit from the neck to the wrist and down like they did. Uh, I forget what city it was, but uh, I believe it was Alexa and, Sasha who did it, and they broke ground that way in a country that wouldn't allow women to be uncovered and look sexualized in a way, and this could be another chance as they like to uh, say in their propaganda videos during the events, the progressive city of Jeddah, uh, if that does happen, that's kind of amazing at the same time You know, still the political issues behind the scenes in uh, Saudi Arabia. But the last time WWE was there, they were able to get uh, Renee Young on the show as a broadcaster. And so that kind of maybe breaks down some barriers. If this has happened with Natalia and Alexa, that's even uh, better. You never know if they'll happen with more women being able to do it. They still have a nine or eight and a half year deal with uh, Saudi Arabia. So anything's possible. So your thoughts on that and we'll quickly run down the card.
3: All right. So two things here. Uh, Number one, just with regards to referencing what you were just talking about, uh, there is a picture floating around online. Um, I know the website I got it from um, shows uh, some guy with um, this looks like a, probably a fan in Saudi Arabia with Alexa bliss who is um, looks like almost like a, like a judge's robe um, looks like no makeup hair pulled back. Um, and then Natalia on the other side of this guy. And she's got again, kind of like job, judges robe type thing going on with a headscarf. Um, so they're definitely playing the political side of things over there. Um, great to see, you know, two women go over there uh, to, in an attempt um i know renee young i think is over there as well but i mean they've got they've got man they've got so much to tackle as far as this whole issue goes i mean it's a step in the right direction and i from what i've heard it's they want to try to put these two in a match but it's going to be similar to i think it was uh sasha banks versus alexa in the first match where they covered head to toe um but regardless of the case they're, they're trying like Props to be for trying, but to me, they're hitting, uh, you know, a stone wall in this case. And uh, their mentality over there is just absolutely baffles me in 2019, um, you know. But anyways, I'll, I'll leave it at that. Uh, second thought is you're talking about Sami Zayn and some of the guys that aren't going over there. Coincidentally enough, Sami Zayn is launching a fundraiser tomorrow, Friday at 2 p.m. for uh, Sami for Syria. Uh, coincidentally enough it's the exact same time that uh, uh the show is happening in Saudi Arabia so anyways uh Sammy's approach to this he's hardcore on his his stance and good for him and you know, I mean until things completely change over that way uh you will never see somebody like Sammy Zayn or Kevin Owens or Daniel Bryan head that way again you know and hence the fact that you've got the Undertaker versus Goldberg taking place and uh um I'm a wrestling fan but I don't agree with this here and um but uh I mean it's entertainment so I guess we go from there.
2: Yeah. Um I'm just wondering if uh the Crown Prince ended up hearing Sting's comments from Starcast where he said that he's retired but for the right price he could uh do one more match and if uh the Crown Prince heard that one uh there's no doubt that he'll try and get that for Undertaker versus Sting not happening at WrestleMania, like everybody would love to see, and it could happen as early as I think November or something like that. The next
3: time the WWE is supposed to be in Saudi Arabia. Here's a guy that wanted Yokozuna and The Ultimate Warrior on the card. it's uh, true. So I, he's so much money, but so out of touch with wrestling. So
0: Anyways. I don't think
2: the guy will ever live that down that he was, wanted those two guys that definitely are dead. So unless he has some way of doing this seance and bringing them back, yeah, that wasn't going to ever happen. So I guess the closest thing he can still do is undertaker and sting. If, uh, he doubles out some more cash quickly running this down political stuff aside, we'll just do our picks for uh, super showdown. Um, there's, I guess, going to be pre-show with the Usos
3: going against the Revival in a tag team match. So winners in this one, hopefully they put the Revival over, but um, um, <laughs> since we're only talking politics, I say political picks, going to be the, uh, the Usos.
2: Yeah, it's going to be hard, uh, though the Revival did hang out with Shane McMahon, so maybe they're somehow going to get a rub off that one, not that. Shane McMahon is the person to get rubbed off on. I will go with the Revival. Probably going to be wrong on it. Uh, Lars Sullivan taking on the Lucha House Party of Kalisto, Graham Metalik, and Lindsay Dorado. We had five minutes of mindlessness out of uh, Sullivan. What did you pick?
3: Well, you have to be an idiot not to pick uh, Lars Sullivan there. Um, I mean... <laughs> <laughs> the way they've been hyping this this series or this this match, um, it's yeah you got three against one and and they're building Lars Sullivan as the monster that he is, so um, yeah. Anyways, Lars.
2: Yeah, I'm going with Lars as well. Tyson Dukes uh, actually gave him praise one time when I was at the uh, factory. So if Tyson sees good things in him, as goofy as he looks, like a uh, Snitsky and stuff like that, going with Lars. Um, then there is Seth Rollins defending the universal championship against Baron Corbin, but they're also saying that, uh, Brock Lesnar is going to cash in his money in the bank Friday against Seth.
3: So if you want to know how predictable WWE is, okay, here you go. So Seth Rollins beats Baron Corbin, Brock Lesnar cashes in, end of story and takes the title and takes the title.
0: Yeah, it
2: is quite possible because at the same time, do you want to include uh, Brock Lesnar in the list of losers of the briefcase, which they've been doing a lot late, more lately as opposed to, you know, an automatic, hey, you won the briefcase, here's your belt whenever you want it. Uh, so sort of diminishing the whole thing. I don't know, and Brock's going to be around for a bit. So unfortunately, you could see Brock uh, take that title together, so what happens with Baron Corbin and Seth Rollins? Kofi Kingston uh, defending the WWE Championship against Dolph Ziggler.
3: Kofi for the win. Um, Ziggler is... I mean, he's here one moment, gone the next, and as far as looking to build ratings from now to October, um, yeah, no reason in the world to put the title on on Ziggler.
2: Yeah, I like uh, Ziggler. hugely talented, but they've misused him so much. And, you know, he's here, he's gone. He says he loves the fans, hates the fans, walks away, comes back unexpectedly, wasn't supposed to be at the Royal Rumble, and poof, he's there. Um, This is a case of the fact that Kevin Owens refused to go to Saudi Arabia on Friday, and so they needed a placeholder, and Dolph drew the short straw. it's going to be a great match between the two. They've always had good matches, but yeah, Kofi retains. Roman Reigns versus Shane McMahon.
3: You know, it's... So in theory, Roman Reigns in this match, WWE style, um, I see Shane McMahon going over because obviously it looks like the, the feud with The Miz is over at this point. So how do you continue it? And I hate saying this because we're going to SummerSlam, but the fact is I'm going to say Shane McMahon and this feud continues through uh, SummerSlam.
2: Yeah, Shane should take it. We're going to see some uh, interference probably with uh, Elias and Drew still. And uh, they'll move forward through uh, Stomping Grounds, which I think is supposed to be uh, Roman and Drew, and lead into SummerSlam. I agree. Bowler versus um, Andrade. And there's talk that it's going to be the demon against Andrade for the
3: Intercontinental title. So as much as the demons on the card, I think this is one of those times the demon gets beat for the first time. So I see Andrade coming out.
2: Yeah. It's interesting because I think only once maybe the demon has been beat every other time he's, uh, as the demon has won and it's sort of like his oh, ultimate power type deal or He-Man uh, type thing where he puts on the makeup and obviously he's unbeatable but Andrade, I think could use it uh, the victory more and Balor chasing Andrade for the, to get the belt back could be more entertaining for Balor than what he's currently doing. Braun Strowman against Bobby Lashley.
3: Am I allowed to say pass? Just pick somebody. <laughs> All right, uh, Strowman.
2: Yeah, bathroom break and Strowman. Uh, Bobby is kind of one of those guys that were lost in the shuffle as well. Uh, it's like, might as well be having a cardboard cutout. He has zero personality compared to what he did in TNA or Impact, whatever it was.
3: The only time he was relevant was the fact is when Leo Rush was with him, but the problem is about Leo Rush. He won't stop shooting off his mouth. So all of a sudden, next thing you know, Leo Rush gets suspended or taken off TV, and yeah, we're met with the old school Bobby Lashley, who nobody seems to give a crap about.
2: Yeah. Hey, it's pretty bad. They put him with the president, uh, or sorry, the Donald, uh, back at WrestleMania 23. Like they needed to put him with somewhat celebrity guy. To get him over at that point in the haircut, haircut match, um, Triple H versus Orton for the who knows how many at the time.
3: All right, you wouldn't let me pass on the not the last one, so probably not gonna pass on this one either. Jeez, no. um, Triple H just for the fact it's Triple H.
2: Yeah, I'll go with. Uh... Well, I'll go against that. You know, Triple H did beat uh, one member of Evolution. Randy Orton needs something. Throw him a bone and guy go opposite on you for no apparent reason, Orton. Even though I've said it numerous times, Orton just needs to go away for a little while because how can I miss you if you don't go away? Uh, the 50-man Battle Royal, how they're going to get 50 guys in the ring Elle, at one time its beyond me. Pick somebody.
3: Hornswoggle. <laughs>
2: uh, uh, this could be where also Sullivan comes in and does the unthinkable and wins, or this could be Drew McIntyre's time. So, I'll go with Drew. Just for the sake of going with Drew and not any other reason and Oldberg versus Undertaker? I mean, Goldberg versus
3: Undertaker. Sorry, Jeopardy music playing right now. So, <laughs> um, where the hell do you go with this? It's um, two guys, and I hate saying this because as a wrestling fan, but two guys, 2019, n- neither one of them are relevant. But what do what do you i uh, what do you do do you, I mean the problem with this is is no matter who you put over it sets up for a potential second match. Dear God, yeah, I know, and it's like you've got the biggest one of the biggest names in WCW during the Attitude Era versus one of the biggest names ever in the WWE. So yeah, it's it's for whatever, for historical sakes, um, it's WCW versus WWE. So you got to go Undertaker over Goldberg in this one.
2: Yeah. Unless they can find some way of just having the whole match thrown out, people attack them and they stand tall against, uh, side by side with each other. Gotta go with Undertaker, but does Goldberg slip up and accidentally, uh, Take her like he did Brett, and we'll take her make it to Niagara Falls Comic Con.
3: <laughs> I don't think uh, Goldberg's gonna injure the guy. If if, they, if if they end up standing tall against guys coming to the rings, bring out the mean street posse. Um But uh, <laughs> as far as Taker making Comic Con, man, it's there's okay. You for what he's getting paid to go to Saudi Arabia, there's no that money that he's going to get from Comic-Con is not relevant to him. So it's like I said to you over the weekend, the fact is if Taker has a bad bump or is tired or misses a sure. flight or whatever the case may be, he's not going to Niagara Falls, guaranteed. Unless Michelle McCool steps up and says, hey, husband, we're going to Niagara Falls this weekend and and uh, we're going to renew our vows." That's the only way Taker's going to end up going to Niagara Falls. So I feel bad for all those fans up there and I will I will be the first to be stunned if Taker makes it all the way from Saudi Arabia to do a 2-hour autograph signing in Niagara Falls and if this if that is the case and he doesn't make the the you know the appearance I'm wondering how long these guys in Niagara Falls have known about the potential of him 99.9% not appearing and just waiting last minute just because of the amount of you know money they've probably made at this point
2: Yeah, that's my fear for them, unfortunately. Uh, So that is our uh, look at uh, what's going to happen Friday afternoon at 2 p.m. Whether this makes it uh, on time for those predictions, we'll look back and see how we did. Uh, It is Friday morning at uh, 12.15, and so this is official, our uh, picks, and we'll uh, compare them later on. We'll put up a uh, post on our... Uh, Facebook page and get people to put their predictions down if they uh, so choose to. And, uh, yeah, this has been part two of episode number 59. Uh, once again, thank you for Chris for joining me. Uh, where, pe- where can people find you?
3: Uh, this thing called online is where they can find me, but, uh, reference point because it is fucking, oops, there we go swearing again. It is late at night, but, uh, the sharpshooter.ca and the sharpshooterpodcast.ca is the, the best places to reach me um but uh anyways uh yeah i'm loving doing the podcast thing again and uh it's um uh, be interesting between now and august to see how well we do uh where we go with this and uh maybe start lining up interviews yeah that would be great to be able to do and if it uh, becomes a couple
2: of uh, times during the week just because We don't want to do it for three hours plus at a time. And we probably please our wives a lot better. Um,
3: Do you know know how long three hours is attempting to, you know, and and, and Sean and I right now we're on Google Hangouts, but the fact is we can't communicate other than the, the audio airwaves. So I've been sitting here having to use the bathroom probably 45 minutes now. It's like, but I don't want that dead air. So I'm, I'm holding out until this thing is done. So
2: yeah, well we're minutes away from just doing it so people can just uh, check us out on the Facebook page Um, email me at uh, scumbagswrestling at gmail.com 14 different outlets including iTunes, Stitcher uh, Radio Public uh, Podbox uh, TuneIn Podcoin where you can actually earn money by listening to the podcast imagine how much money you could earn right now by our 3 hour banter uh, so, Stitcher, Spotify, you'll want to keep uh, track of our Facebook page coming up soon as I stop by the Tyson Dukes Russell Factory and are uh, going to do a feature uh, involving the uh, students there and highlight the factory. Uh, just preliminary details, but there'll be a match or two coming up on the page on a weekly basis. Uh, once I get everything situated on that one and we're get, green lighted.
3: I I got a question for you that I meant to ask during the podcast. I, I never I never get the chance to. Yeah. So it's a double part, but it's quick. Um, Smash Wrestling. Who would you like to see them bring in that's basically professional based? And who would you like to see them bring in that's basically Ontario based that we haven't seen yet?
2: Ontario based, I would love to see somebody like a Josh Alexander. I saw him at Destiny uh, and was impressed by him and I've uh, seen him a couple of times, but uh, I would love to see him maybe in a Tyson Dukes in a a Smash ring. And internationally, wow, if you could, I don't know, if you could pull in maybe even a Cody or somebody like that, uh, probably highly doubtful. Yeah, anybody on that line from AEW? Would be uh, nice. I'd even go with uh, Orange Cassidy because he's kind of funny, and they like to do that. So imagine Orange Cassidy and a, uh, a Psycho Mike Rollins fight.
3: Yeah, that'd be uh, that'd be a pretty cool match right there.
2: So yeah, we'll wrap this up. Uh, yeah, uh, also look forward to a special sale. I think we're going to do. Uh, With the Scumbags Wrestling, a couple t-shirts that are going to be up for grabs with 20% discount. And we're getting ready to do a new design in time for Comic-Con. Just let your imagination run wild on what could come up in time between now and Comic-Con.
3: Oh yeah, one more thing. Go Raptors.
2: Of course. Well, they're up to two games to one. And we are Canadian, so we'll see uh, what happens there. Raptors are uh, everybody's uh, the darlings of Canada right now. So, all the best to them, and thank you everybody for joining Chris and I on this podcast. Till next time, have a good one.
3: Hashtag we the north. And fuck Kevin Nash.
2: (laughs) Hello. Do you or someone you know have a business that you'd love to have advertised here on our podcast well give me a shout at our email address scumbagswrestling at gmail.com and let us know how we can help you advertise to the listeners of this podcast we'll give your business a shout out including information on how people can reach out to you and information on your services
1: The Signature Spot with Chris Toplack is a weekly podcast available every Thursday that covers the world of professional wrestling. It's an easy-to-digest show that ranges from 30 to 40 minutes in length and focuses on show recaps, highlights from the week, industry news and rumors, full event previews along with predictions, topics of the week, and featured guests such as journalists and fellow podcasters. It's a professional yet personable show that's all about connecting with you. To subscribe, head over to youtube.com forward slash The Signature Spot. Or listen on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever podcasts are available. And to be a part of the conversation, like the Signature Spot on Facebook.
0: Granted, I understand it's essentially the same unappreciative crowd full of scumbags from last night.